This short code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the short code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. Here's some of what we've got to talk about on today's show. Looking at medical errors, that's a systems-based problem. People like nurses a lot. Character is a major consideration in convincing a jury, you know, to convict. So it's surprising. Have you guys ever just felt like crusty? Well, I would like to introduce you guys to Moisturizer, Mm. the hottest new substance. My Instagram got hacked. (laughs) This bot changed their phone background to me and then (laughs) pasted text over me that said, like, I earned $40,000 using Bitcoin. Before we get started, I want to thank Panacea Financial, the sponsor of this episode who want to tell you about their 2022 match week giveaway so stay tuned for that a bit later in the show but with me today in the scp studio are some of the best medical students who signed up for today's show say hello to md phd student sahana arumugam yes hello hi Uh, md phd student riley b and bush is with us today Uh, m3 nathan spitz has arrived what's crackalackin and then to top it all off, we've got Aline Sanduk, uh, MD, PhD student. Aline Sanduk joining us from Des Moines, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, <laughs> sunny for today, Des Moines. Yeah, I'm so so glad to see you. It's been uh, it's it's been a few weeks, months since you've been able to join us. In fact, the last time uh, you were in the studio was I think during uh, Transitions Week in January. Mm-hmm. That's the course, or that's the week where everybody sort of sits around and hears about what it's like to be in clinic and learn, you know, how to be successful in clinic. And so, I have two questions to ask you. Mm-hmm. How's Des Moines? How's how is it studying at our branch campus in Des Moines? It's awesome. I cannot endorse it enough. I'm honestly very surprised more people don't do this. Well, um, it's because I bitch about it all the time because you leave me. <laughs> but that's fine. Sorry. That's We're fine. sorry for putting our career aspirations. Well, that's rude. It's <laughs> rude. So so it's good. And did Transitions Week prepare you? Yeah. So they have MSCB students do kind of a modified Transitions Week because most of us have done it before we start in grad school. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah. You do, so, you do like a couple of a couple of rotations before grad school. And then. Yeah. Yeah. So it was still really helpful. It was like a boot camp in the morning, talking to a couple of SPs, reviewing how to write a note, which like we've done a bunch of times. And sure. it's like riding a bicycle, I think. Is it, is, then, it, is it the case that the reason y'all like... St- Wait a minute. I interrupted you. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That's I so rude. I had nothing significant to add to that. All right. Just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, Something that it, I, Is it true that the reason y'all like to go to Des Moines is because it gets you out of Murph? No. Uh, <laughs> yes. It is. It's It's nice to be out of Iowa City for a little bit. I will say that. Iowa City is, you know, a very nice place to be a student, but even if you like cake, too much cake is too much cake. 
Okay. So I think it, it is nice to be in a different place and to be around, you know, just a, a different type of scenery and a different, a bigger city. It, Des Moines is a bigger city. You know, it is the capital. So there's a lot of cool stuff going on, a lot of cool restaurants, kind of a more diverse group of people. Whereas in Iowa City, kind of the vast majority of people you run into, you probably already know from work, you know, either directly or peripherally because everyone works at the university. But it's cool. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Well, cool. I'm glad, I, glad you can make it. I have not done Transitions Week for a little bit, but I have they added any like skit, like physical or like practical clinical skills things to transitions weeks like i'm thinking of like how to suture how to anything with your hands no so they didn't have us do that but for family mad our first education day was a suturing on a pig's foot which i found totally unnecessary (laughs) you found totally unnecessary i did it kind of grossed me out if i'm being honest oh okay I understand that, like, that's how people do things. But, like, we could have used an orange. It would have been the same. (laughs) Either way. Pig's feet cheaper? They did did surgery on a grape. (laughs) (laughs) But that's something I think that I kind of, I don't know if a grape is the right word, but I've seen other schools where they do, like, you talked about, like, a boot camp, but they'll do almost, like, a whole week of, like, clinical skills to, like, prepare you for these rotations, for just, like, all kind of rotations so that it's not, you know, for example, if you were to do family medicine or surgery last, you may go almost your entire, like, core year without ever having, like, put in a suture or... You know, I went through my entire core year and I never put in an IV or like I wonder I never, if that's like, why they removed because they used to do things like that, I think, during Transitions Week many years ago. And I think the reason I don't know the reason I, I would guess that among the reasons that they don't do it anymore is because they just want to wait until you get to the clerkships to do it, because by the time you, you if you were in that position of taking your your surgery clerkship like so many months after transitions week maybe you forgot everything mm. i don't know maybe i think they could like spiral it or something there are definitely instances where i'm like oh if we had just like spent a couple of hours like in this week prior like in other rotations like i would have known how to like do skills yeah and I, I don't know there's kind of like not an expectation like you can always default as a student to like oh i haven't like learned how to do that i don't know but i feel like you know if people aren't from this institution they may have like potentially like negative like biases or experiences of like, what do you mean you're a medical student who doesn't know how to suture right. or how to like gown or glove or anything like that. But I feel like they should have opportunities in each like clinical rotation. Say you're in internal medicine and your next one is surgery. There almost should be like a, Hey, we're posting, we're hosting an afternoon or we're hosting an evening where you can come learn some of the basic skills that you're going to have in your next rotation where students could then, like kind of start to prepare it's only a couple hours but like at least they're starting to get their brains thinking about the next rotation that they have coming up granted to ask any medical student to do literally any extra work outside of what they're I already was doing say, seems I was like a say, lot I would not be there however <laughs> i could see wanting to so you don't feel like a doofus on like a I, couple I will, days i would take being a doofus over that's fair spending <laughs> an extra evening <laughs> hey i respect it <laughs> Part of it is that that's the responsibility of the clerkship. Like, it's their right. job to teach us those things. But I see what you mean, that it's a hard balance to strike between I want to be prepared, but I also don't want to invalidate the thing I'm about to do by just learning everything. But 
I feel like the PA students get a really good breadth of experience in those like very basic skills. And so I wonder if we could draw some of that into the MD training. And, yeah. And into that transition week, like you'd commented, like how to write a note, like you've said, like we've written like a, not a million, but like we've had like ample experience, I feel like, or like talking to SPs, but like I've never like suture or, you know, that I feel mm-hmm. like it's kind of like a miss, not misuse of the time. Miss opportunity. Yeah. Miss there opportunity. we go. Yeah. It's a valuable skill. I put in stitches mm-hmm. in the first couple of weeks of my family med rotation. And I'm really glad that we did that on our very first day because I knew what the knots were and I did a good job, <laughs> luckily, and then completely bop it. But <laughs> they- afterwards... I was like, I am God. <laughs> do they still do the, the suture tying contest in surgery? Is that where they yell at you that you you cut it too short and then they yell at you that you cut it too long? I don't know. They, they used to do a, they used to do a comp, a, like a, like an, like an informal, like supposedly fun competition of like, you know, how fast you can, how fast and how well you can tie sutures. I don't know. I used to, used to get comments in the, in the uh, MSP, like won the suture tying contest. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't. I I would have no idea. I missed <laughs> I think that memo. The only yeah, one. I missed that memo, and <laughs> I definitely would not have would not have won. It's like, what do you mean you don't know how to do a one handed tie? <laughs> like, we the, had lab Olympics this summer. That's like the lab equivalent. How many? Like, how fast can you fill a pipette box nice. from like loose pipettes? Oh, it fun. was honestly like pretty difficult and also pretty intense. So shout and out to the is, Sander lab that I rotated in. That was like a pretty fun experience. This is like this is like a tradition among um i don't know jobs that have some technical uh skills Mm -hmm. i used to work many years ago i used to work as a a trainer of bus drivers and every year we had uh, a bus rodeo in which we you know parallel parked for points and uh, people doing like donuts in the buses that's whipping cookies it was a safety rodeo yeah you'd like parallel park buses for points or you you know back into a parking spot for points or you would that's the fun. one the one fun one was you know you basically zoom up to a cone and then stop without hitting it um it's like bocce ball yeah kind of <laughs> uh so bocce bus bocce bus <laughs> this seems to be yeah this seems to be a, a thing that uh, technical jobs in, enjoy doing as a person who enjoy. likes to be competitive in things that don't matter i'm all for it yeah <laughs> i was just thinking that like for especially for medical students or mdpg students like in this kind of in your like competitive field where you're constantly like being compared to your peers in things like you said like that matter that matter to people like how well you do on tests or whatever like to have some kind of cathartic release and like competition but it's like a healthy, yeah. a healthy, stupid amount of competition. Right. Like I just played a lot of games of euchre this this weekend, and I thought it got all my com- competitive energy out. So now I'm like chill this week. Okay. It's probably not true, yeah. but <laughs> in my mind, I think it is. <laughs> well, I'm glad you could make it, Aline. It's nice to see you. On a more serious note, four years ago, I wanted. Well, I wanted to talk about this particular thing in the news. Uh, four years ago, a nurse at Vanderbilt University made a medication error that killed her patient. It's a nightmare for any nurse. It's in the news right now because she's beginning her criminal trial in which she's charged with reckless homicide and abuse of an impaired adult. And if convicted, she's looking at prison time of up to 12 years. So this is a bit of a long story, but I feel like I need to do it. I need to say it. So if you already know the details, feel free to skip ahead to 13 minutes, 55 seconds. But here we go. In 2017, 
Redonda Vaught was training a nursing student and selecting medication from an automated dispensing cabinet for a patient about to have an MRI. At that time, her employer, Vanderbilt University Medical Center, was undergoing an upgrade to their electronic health record system, and the upgrade was causing problems with the um, automated cabinets, which made it difficult for nurses to dispense the proper medications. Vanderbilt had instructed nurses to override the warnings that they were routinely getting so that meds could be dispensed in a timely manner. And according to Vaught, the nurse, it had become common practice for nurses to use the override. In fact, they were being told to use the overrides. So these warnings are meant to protect against accidental medication errors. Vaught wasn't able to find in this case, Vaught wasn't able to find Versed for her patient to help her relax before her MRI. So she overrode the machine to unlock more medications. She typed VE into the search and accidentally selected Vecuronium, which is a paralytic used mainly during surgery and the ICU for intubated patients. Vaught then made additional errors, failing to recognize that the wrong medication had been dispensed, even though Versed is a, is a liquid and Verconium is dispensed as a powder that must be mixed with a liquid. Ultimately, the patient was found unresponsive 30 minutes later and died. Vaught recognized and immediately admitted to her error and she was fired. But there's more. Vanderbilt never disclosed the error to the family or to state and federal health officials as is required by law with medication errors and never ordered an independent autopsy and their settlement with the family of the patient including term, included terms that prevented them from discussing the error. The, states, the state and feds uh, never knew about the error until an anonymous tip caused the Tennessee Department of Health to open an investigation almost a year later. They found that the case didn't violate any rules, that it was a mistake, and told... Vaught and Vanderbilt that, you know, don't do it again, it's cool. But another anonymous tip got the feds involved, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, which found that Vaught's error had caused the patient's death and that Vanderbilt tried to cover it up. Then the Tennessee Department of Health decided to reverse their previous ruling, stripping Vaught of her license and charging her in the death. Okay, that's the story. Needless to say, Nurses across the country are watching this like hawks because it is the first time a nurse has been charged criminally without intent to harm a patient. They fear that a guilty verdict would set the precedent that nurses could be criminally liable for errors, even if the system sets them up for failure. Vaught admits to her errors, but also says she was distracted by training the new nurse and that the technical issues with the medication cabinet set her up for making the errors because, and because of them, Vanderbilt also bears the burden for the patient's death. Reaction so far. I thought criminal cases always had to be with intent. So that's why I'm like already confused. What is the charge again? Yeah, basically. I mean, you can hit someone by accident with your car and still be charged criminally. Like, exactly. Yeah, not yeah. everything's about intent. intent. Sometimes there are, this would be criminal negligence, basically. Okay. I guess something I'm wondering too, like, what's, I know, like, double jeopardy. Like, hadn't she, so she had not been involved in the original suit it was just against the hospital and now it's her the the original the nobody was ever charged yeah that's criminal versus civil oh, okay yes no one was ever charged so jeopardy doesn't apply, apply. i think it's messed up that vanderbilt tried to cover that up <laughs> yeah it's it, it's it's pretty crazy i mean like you know it's like risk management 101 for for hospitals and doctors is admit to your error if yeah. you don't admit to your error like she did. Like she did. It's going to come back to get you. Yeah, I find it most... The most alarming thing that from the story was Vanderbilt's actions at the start of it. Like, I do think that 
Well, I think the the mistake by the nurse is it, it's horrible. It's such a it's a tragedy to have had a mistake that caused such such ramifications of yeah. death for a patient. And so, but I'm more interested by like why Vanderbilt did what they did. Like what in their brains made that decision? Because to me, a lot of it sounds like it was on Vanderbilt's side as opposed to yes, the nurse made an error and it was a grave error and they did in fact i guess fire her yet to not address the family that to me is like the main communication part that has now caused this family such grief and such stress and anguish that has caused ultimately what we now see institutions are always going to put legal liability at the top of their priority list it's not even that they don't care it's that they didn't want to get sued and they probably thought that the likelihood that they would get sued was just less this way. That is the guiding factor of, of most institutional decisions is just minimizing legal liability, unfortunately. It wasn't, I bet it wasn't personal. They weren't like out to hurt this family. They just wanted to, and I'm not defending, but all to say I'm not surprised at all, even though it, you know, you would, think that they would look ahead into the future and think about how this would look if it were to come out. But they probably calculated that if it came out and they got sued anyway, it would cost less than if they just came right out and got sued then. Yeah. I mean, they're kicking the can down the road, basically. You know, if we, if we settle now and try to avoid a lawsuit, then maybe it'll never come back to us. But if we admit to it now, then we're definitely going to, going to get sued. I'm wondering what is so different about this case. I can't imagine that this is the first time that a nurse like across the country ever has like made an error in medication, whether it's a dosing or giving an incorrect dose or something that has like unfortunately led to a patient's death. So I guess I'm wondering like what sets this case apart from from others for this to be the first. Yeah, it's not like it's not like these errors are uncommon. In fact, in 2016, medical errors were the third leading cause of death in 2016 after heart disease and cancer. That's horrifying. Were Which that? is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like horrifying. This should have been It was. It was. It yeah. was a very like known thing. Yeah, it was a known thing, but people forget. Oh you know, it's, it's hard to remember these horrible things because <laughs> we don't want to. Medical errors cause an estimated 250,000 deaths in the United States annually. Uh, a little more than 4,000 surgical errors occur each year, and it's estimated that seven to 9,000 patients die every year from medication errors. Right, and like nurses are the people, like literally the people who are administering the medications. And I guess this is what where I'm like in I guess a state of disbelief that this is. See, this is. I feel like I don't know for sure, but I feel like this is. A trajectory that we're on in general like teachers are responsible for things that yeah. they weren't responsible uber drivers are responsible respons- for yeah. taking people to and from certain things like it is interesting that we're putting like the blame kind of on this like most immediate person yet looking at kind of the issue of medical errors like that's a systems-based problem yes for that specific family they want to be able to have a black and white this is who i must now kind of go to to say that this is where the error happened like i totally could put myself in the family's position and say yeah i want someone to pay for this mistake this is my loved one that i lost therefore i want justice for that terrible happening 
But on the same, like at the same time, that family's probably not going to take the step back and say like, oh, maybe it, the time and energy would be better spent like re like fixing the system because that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Well, interestingly, the family doesn't want the nurse prosecuted. Oh, I was going to say I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I no, should no, no. back up and no, no, no. I mean, it's a, it's a reasonable then. thing, and I I didn't stop you because I think that's a reasonable thing to to go with, and and, and you know, it, it may be the case in other situations where the family did want someone. Thank to you be for clarifying because I yeah, I would hate to put this kind of on the family who's already going through. Oh. I think that's, yeah, that's actually an important distinction to remember is that civil suits and criminal suits are different. And the people who decide whether or not to carry a criminal suit forward is usually the county prosecutor. So Or the state, or in this case, the federal government. Right? It's government, yeah. basically, is, is who decides um, who is worth prosecuting. Yeah. Sometimes they take into account the wishes of the victim, but not always. And that goes both ways. In times where victims want to pursue a case... Sometimes the prosecutor decides not to, and then vice versa. So it is kind of puzzling what motivated them. Because if you look at the list of professions that rank among the most trusted in our country, nurses are number one, followed by like teachers, and then a couple others. Ironically, doctors are pretty low on. (laughs) A little too low on the list, I think. But politicians are bottom of the barrel. But nurses are like... (laughs) consistently ranked as like one of the most respected professions one of the most you know not respect in terms of pay obviously and you know, not not in terms of real things nurses teachers <laughs> like our top two it's yeah but like you know people like nurses a lot and so and and character and, and demographics factor a lot into what cases prosecutors decide to take forward because that is a major consideration in convincing a jury, you know, to convict. So it's surprising. It's really surprising. Listeners, if you ask us a question, it means that I don't have to make something up to talk about on the show. And the show becomes what you want it to be. So send your questions to the shortcoats at gmail.com or leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. What a potentially like dangerous precedent to set too now that if this does become like a criminal charge and like if it were to pass like the legal precedent that now like any magic, you know, we just talked about what 7,000 people dying every year. Like now that I guess gives like a legal basis for any other kind of like related case to go after people who do make mistakes and errors. And I mean, there's in Iowa, for example, like tort reform. I don't know if people are like familiar with that, like the process or like kind of setting like legal limits to how much people can ask for in like medical malpractice cases and when people ask for exorbitant amounts of money these are like shutting down like critical access clinics and things like that and i guess i'm like fearful of you know as soon as we start criminally charging people as well for errors like the precedent that sets and the downstream effects that could why why would you why would you want to be a nurse if Anytime when you make, yeah, and we're already having, having this problem. Yeah. Why would you want to do this if you were fearful that you were going to be prosecuted for making a mistake, which is a human problem? This was just a very tragic error. And like Riley, I think rightly point out, this was a systems problem. There were many, many things that just con- like a constellation of factors that converged that led to this patient passing away. And this woman admitting her error immediately you really find out someone's character when something bad happens and how they respond to it 
So she didn't try to cover it up. She didn't try to pass it off on. She admitted her error, but then also rightly cited things that were going on that, you know, facilitated this happening. I don't even know for sure that she. Well, I think you know, that even at the time was like, you know, this is even at the time was like, this is also Vanderbilt's fault. I mean, she, according to what I, I, I don't know, like according to what I've read, you know, she immediately admitted her fault. I think, yeah. I think that when she was charged, that's when the teaching. more came out, but I don't know. I don't know for sure well, that that's so true. What I was going to say is maybe the silver lining to this, maybe this is what it's going to take for institutions to be like, okay, maybe we should hire more nurses and address these unsafe situations because now the cost is very, very real. <laughs> we could end up not just with lawsuits, but convictions, criminal convictions, if we don't address the situation. Also, Vanderbilt hasn't been charged at all. Yeah, that's shocking to me. That At least they, not yet. If they literally didn't follow the law that they're supposed to report that medical error and then they just covered it up, they should be charged by the federal government even before the nurse. I don't know under what law they would do that because you can't charge institutions like it would have to be a civil suit mm, like they okay. can't be charged in a court of law unless like you took like the president of the health system to task. I think what Aline brought up at the very beginning and what it what has stuck with me and has made me almost uncomfortable throughout the rest of this is how institutions or businesses at their baseline. And I think that's a really uncomfortable reality to like set in as a person who, as most people who go into medicine for like the pure desire to help people. And so for a business to, in their minds, just be looking out for their best interest for avoiding their own legal fees and essentially has like risen this woman as a scapegoat to, for the rest of it, like that's, that sticks with me and makes me feel very uncomfortable and makes me really take a look at the systems that I'm in and question like who is there in my best interest at the end of the day I'm a grad student right now like I'm not in a place that could be making these massive medical errors but it definitely makes me rethink like the institutions that I could possibly be in someday well I mean you know I think it's worth considering now even though you're not in that position because someday you will be in that yeah. position you know and 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 you know doctors have malpractice insurance and and all that kind of stuff but what if they could be criminally charged for their mistake i mean it, I it, 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 the, the risk of being criminally charged just adds to the possibility of wanting to cover it up also which is another problem well, I mean, physicians can be criminally charged, right? Isn't that the difference between like malpractice and like in negligence versus like an accident, which I think is kind of like what this case is trying to get at is like what defines an accident and what defines like a gross like negligence or like, you know, deviation from from normal. Yeah, I mean, there, there, are, there are some standard reasons why you can be sued but i don't know about crim again i don't know about criminal charges and you know i'm not a lawyer so i don't i don't really know but you know there's there's the intent thing that aline pointed out i think it was you aline or maybe it was you riley i don't know i was questioning intent yeah i need a i need like a torts class in order to answer these mm -hmm. properly it is it's tricky but there's also negligence like in criminal negligence so if you showed up drunk to an operation for instance and mm -hmm. killed somebody because of it you know then that's it seems a clear case of being criminally negligent you didn't intend to kill anybody but you 
did something really egregiously wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that this is the nurse's fault. I'm not trying to place blame, but this it seemed like a multi-step yeah. kind of accident. Like all disasters, like the Swiss there cheese are model. multiple problems. <laughs> Correct. Swiss cheese model. Right. And like what defines an accident and negligence, I I don't know. What do you guys learn about medical errors, if anything? Rule number one, always admit like what That's the error good. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we learned some stuff in like the first three semesters or like our didactic. We have a lawyer come and talk to us for a little bit, but I don't know if it's full on about like medical errors, medical malpractice. We have some of it in like our ethics course work, but by no means is dedicated like lecture to it. It's more so within a few other lectures. I don't know if that's to avoid scaring us, to avoid putting too much on our plate or what their purpose of that is. But it's, I think it's sprinkled, I would say. There, there's so much that goes into medical education. I'm sure it's like a it's it's also just a amount of time problem. That yeah, you, you that's know. a good point. And a proximity thing, too. I guess I don't know if students have ever been charged or if we are even like capable of like being charged but i feel like that would be more like a resident and physician level like material not that it's like not important for us to know it's important for us to be prepared and to know kind of like what's on the next step but i think the only thing that ever stuck with me was if you make a mistake tell someone that was it Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, U World is a commonly used question bank resource for medical students as they prepare for their shelf exams or their end of rotation exams, as well as the step one, step two, and step three national board exams. So they do have, at least in, no, I think in like every, in step one, step two, step three, and on the shelf exams, kind of like ethics-based questions. And there are situations like this, often they don't end in like a patient death, but if they do end in patient harm, they'll kind of like break down like what is the kind of appropriate like next steps, what are phrases that you should and should not say to patients, and then they'll give explanations as to why. Mm-hmm. You know, there there is a significant number of states, though, that have laws that more or less dictate a certain list of language or sentences that you're allowed to say as a provider to a patient in the wake of a situation that are not later in the future admissible as an admission of guilt in a court of law. And that actually, I think, has done a, like has had a really positive impact in addressing these situations in like a civil way, like basically empowering physicians to be human beings in that moment without being worried that their humility and a good good character will be used against them later. Like that saying, I'm sorry that this happened is not necessarily an admission of guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can be sorry that a tragic thing happened. And you know, you may even be sorry for the part you took in it. Well, like what's weird about this situation, like the thing that I always think about with the law is like, what's the intent of the prosecution? It's to deter wrongdoing and to punish wrongdoing. And the wrongdoing here, I think like what we're all kind of getting at is that the wrongdoing wasn't really on the nurse's part. It's on the system. And so what's what are they going to get out of prosecuting this nurse? Because the family is not wanting this, is not going to get any pleasure out of this or any justice out of this. So, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I kind say. of started. No, it's really hard. To, there, but. I mean, it's an important question, and it's really hard to say, like, what's going on here behind the scenes, like, to 
make this a possibility. Could be medical malpractice, like conspiracy, you know, tin hat type of stuff where they're all getting together and just trying to find like an opportunity to now start criminally charging people just to like increase their ability to continue to sue and to continue to litigate. Like I think the that the district attorney, yeah, no, that's I think what the I'm DA saying. offices like, are intricately right. linked with politics. I didn't like, want to be, you know, out here spaghetti monstering. No, I don't think it is. I think to to acknowledge that our like the cases that our courts choose are also in some way linked to other outside sources is not. I don't think that's an insane thing to say. Oh, the payout, yeah, here in Iowa City, there was just a nine. I think it was like a ninety-seven million dollar payout yeah. in uh, like. Against OBGYNs in, I don't remember, not the UIHC, but different practice that ended up in like long term, like cognitive deficits for the child. But like that's a $97 million case. So like these malpractice lawyers, like that's a a huge sum for them. And so if they can like start setting precedents to start suing individuals, like that's in their financial best interest. And in the insurance companies, they can start jacking up rates. Oh, yeah. For malpractice coverage. Yeah. Mm, collu- I'm some collusion. <laughs> that's not far off, Sahana. Like, that's actually a very good point. There could be some. I mean. I yeah, don't even like, know that collusion is necessary. I just. That's true. They don't know, need like, to collude about it. Like, maybe it's just a matter of, like, like oh, this is okay. All right. Like, all right. I see this happening. Maybe we can, you know, think about this a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's the, that's how they hang out in their meetings. It's just like, I'm rubbing my hands. All the actually, you might actually be able to hear it. <laughs> the money falls from the ceiling. Well, I will be um, certainly paying attention to this because it's a it's a very interesting case and I, you know like i'm just intrigued by what happens and how and how it plays out our sponsor this week is panacea financial a bank founded by two MedPeds physicians panacea financial isn't just seeking out doctors as a market they're dedicated to helping doctors and trainees panacea offers loans checking accounts and concierge banking to medical students right now they're also running a giveaway to students matching in 2022 five students will be chosen to receive 500 dollars awards what could you do with 500 dollars uh, uh uh riley oh geez what could i maybe do with 500 dollars? That- maybe buy like a new dog i don't know get it get my dog a dog maybe get your dog that uh, <laughs> genetic tests that you that you probably want to get right genetic tests for all dogs that i know yes <laughs> can i railroad this really in like a two-minute story so my instagram <laughs> my instagram okay. got hacked i gotta finish okay, the spot okay, okay. panacea financial deserves my attention because they are doing this giveaway <laughs> oh Yes, be be one of the five students chosen to uh, receive the five hundred dollar award, or at least be have get the chance. Go to uh, panaceafinancial dot com slash match twenty twenty two. It's not a scam. It's not a scam. Like <laughs> like some people will fall for. Uh, <laughs> they will not post on your Instagram. Yes, Panacea Financial is a division of Premise Member FDIC. Okay. Shortcoats, if you're enjoying our conversation today, I'd be grateful if you'd let people know by posting a story on Instagram or Facebook or tweeting about us. And don't forget to tag us in your post. Thank you. 
hacked. My Instagram <laughs> got hacked. And it stemmed from literally this question. And I get this. So I got a DM on my Instagram from somebody that's like, what would you do like for $1,000? Wait, is this the Bitcoin thing? Because yes. I was like, oh my God, Nathan Spitz just made $48,000 Bitcoin was... mining. I was so shocked yes. when I thought this of this. Close. <laughs> yes. I was this close to looking at this thing because you were like because because oh, jesus christ it's Wait, it was evil, evil. yes okay buckle up so literally saw this and i was like oh my god like I he did just too. paid for his own med school yes. like bitcoin mining what I, does this mean so i get in a dm from this person that i like peripherally know they are a nurse they are well you know they like have some money and i get a dm it's like what would you do for a thousand dollars blah 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 and i like we're in the spirit of giving and i was like immediately like oh i would pay off my like student loans like why and they're like okay like awesome like we love that we're trying to like help people out like what's your venmo and i was like oh my god like at nathan at listeners it's at nathan dash but anyway so <laughs> i like give them my venmo and they're like all right like here's a text like you know, whatever, with an SMS link. And I'm like, you know, thinking I'm holier than thou. I'm like, I'm not clicking on any SMS link. And so I texted them that or like messaged back like, hey, like you can just deposit it if you're serious. And they're like, no, just like screenshot the link. So we know that it like went to like your phone and like send it back to us. And so I was like, mm, okay, like, sure. I guess I can like send a screenshot. I didn't know that there was like a potential way to get hacked. So I send like the screenshot, like, yep, got it. And they're like, okay, awesome. Like check your Venmo, it should be there. So I open up my Venmo app and then three seconds later, like I get the notification down, like your Instagram has been opened in Chicago, Illinois. And I'm like, oh shit. So then I like panic and try and go like change my password. They've already changed my password. I try and change my like backup email. They've already changed my backup email. They changed the phone number, like all within like a split, literal like split second. And so for like two days, I don't know if this is like a real person or a bot just was like spamming, like posting pictures on like of me, like, you know, it was really, they were really bad pictures, too. It was like too. you, like, a screenshot over, yeah. yeah, like a screenshot over you. Yeah, this bot changed their phone background to me, and then <laughs> pasted text over me that said, like, I earned $40,000 using Bitcoin, like, follow this mentor to learn how to, do, you know, whatever. Yes, yes. And so saw. they were posting stories, and my phone just was, like, blow. and I really do appreciate everybody, like, reaching out to, like, let me know that I had been hacked. But I, I didn't realize you've been hacked. Yeah, I thought it was just no, but, you. Yeah, and so why would he be yeah. posted? That's why I was like, I don't know what he does in his free time. Free He's time. really proud of himself. He it, made big forty thousand. Right, like if I did make forty thousand dollars, I would be letting y'all know how. Yeah. But instead, I got my Instagram hacked. What I find and, funny oh is the God. idea of you not just saying I made a lot of money on Bitcoin, specifically saying, "Hey guys, I made forty thousand dollars." Like, here's how you can do it. Too. And then most recently, it was about like I got a car for. I did not get a car, unfortunately. <laughs> but that is uber premeditated. Oh my did god! You? I I also Sahana admit that I was taken in by this, and the only thing that I mean, I guess I was saved by my lack of ability to remember things because i remember thinking oh, i should go look that up so, yeah no, i got several and, texts yeah like hey like how do i start bitcoining like that sounds awesome and i'm and, like Ugh. and you're like sorry guys i got hacked <laughs> and i mean that was it's just wild 
Yeah, so note to listeners, if somebody asks you, if you want $1,000, listen to Panacea Financial. That's legit. But if (laughs) somebody just messages you that if you want $1,000, like, be wary and please do not send screenshots. I know you know. I don't understand how that worked. So, okay, so do you all remember, like, and this was, I think, peak pandemic time, like 2020, when you could send a specific, like, maybe it was a couple years before 2020. I don't remember. I remember being home. And, like, with iPhones, you could, like, text a specific link to another iPhone, and it would, like, shut their phone down. Okay. Does anybody remember this? I do remember that. Yes. So, there Mm -hmm. is, like, people have found, like, flaws in, like, iPhone code that, like, allows whatever the specific, like, text is to, like, gain entry, like, into a person's phone. So, I'm assuming, and this is half, I had, like, three people reach out to me, like, oh, my God, my fr- this happened to, to, like, my friend, too. So, I'm assuming there's, like, a flaw in, like, some part of, like, the screenshot portion or, like, the sending of the screenshot that, like, allowed this bot or person, I don't, I, oh, they opened it in Nigeria, somebody in Nigeria or a bot. Or whatever IP address. Um, so was the person who reached out to you saying, do you want $1,000? Like, was that also a bot? I, I'm assuming that also was either the bot or like a hack. You know what I'm they saying? Got like, hacked, or like a hacker okay. who was like controlling their account. Because I looked through my account and I had like DM'd like 200 people. <laughs> not me. Sorry. <laughs> I had not DM'd. But the person using my account had like DM'd like 200 oh people like about this Bitcoin. I want to know the but, end game of these hackers. Like, what are you guys out for? Is it that's just what I'm scared. spread that's what the I'm, web? I'm scared that, like, I don't know what they got access. I mean, they, well, changed, my, if, they changed my Instagram, like, account. But, like, I don't know if that, like, if the, because they got that password, they were, like, attempting other, like, oh. passwords, like, associated with my email. This is or why, if someone falls for the Bitcoin scam, you, just, like, one person has to this is why fall for it is. and give them their money. Right. This is why, and, and you know, like, I can never know, I suppose, uh, this is why I have a password manager. This is why every single password I have is a long string of is the name letters, of numbers, and, and yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you have the same password for every single one, and it's? <laughs> password, one, two, three. <laughs> yeah. I, I just am so afraid of shit like this happening. I pay every month for a password manager. I also do, Dave. I had enough people in cybersecurity getting angry at me for having the same password for everything that I do also have one. But that doesn't stop me from being upset every single time CECOM reaches out to me and is like, hey, you got to change your password. It's Uh, been six months. And I'm like, I just got used to it. No, super annoying. I literally just learned the new one. Super annoying. Why couldn't they have hacked my, yeah, hacked my icon account? (laughs) How dare you? Keep your hands off my Instagram. Yeah, they could never hack that icon. It changes passwords every six months and duo mobile try me try it with the two-factor authentication (laughs) oh boy well good luck with that yeah that was i did not expect that to go there it was just so it was too eerie for me not to take that opportunity and air my dirty laundry but i am i am so excited to learn what happened like why i was subject to this this forty thousand dollars thing, me and Sahana were like, "Yeah, let's go." Maybe you did make forty thousand dollars, and then you posted it online, and then you were like, "Ooh, too many people reaching yeah. out for money." Back, so then back it up. Gotta back Maybe it this off. is a whole story made up to make sure people are not asking you for money. Wheels, right. wheels within wheels. I just want like two. I want like a couple, right? Like Sahana, Dave, you guys, I'll let you in on the secret. <laughs> Everybody else, you snooze, you lose. A pyramid. Not thing. texting you about the forty thousand dollars was the test. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you passed. Medical schools 
is in some way a game that you play without being told all the rules. And those rules are part of the hidden curriculum. It's an acknowledgement that medical school isn't just about learning knowledge and skills needed to be a doctor, but it's also a process of socialization in which you learn the norms and values of your profession. Sometimes these lessons contradict or at least complicate what is taught in the formal curriculum. For instance, many schools will teach that a perfectly valid answer to a question is, I don't know, while the hidden curriculum may reward unwarranted confidence over visible hesitancy. Uh, So let's play a game to test your skills at appearing confident even when you are unprepared. It's called Keep Talking. If you're in the studio, in front of you, is a is a is a pottery i don't know what to call that thing <laughs> a pot a Just, pot which contains some topics that i came up with you'll take turns picking a topic out of the pot um <laughs> and after which you have one minute to think about that topic and then we'll start the timer the person who has the topic must talk on that subject for one minute if that person doesn't does one of three things pauses changes the subject or says um or uh then you get to make fun of them <laughs> perfect i originally had a scorekeeping thing and i'm like i can't do that i'm not gonna do that oh this is like that triggering to like high school speech class yeah. when they would like tally every time you said like or um, um yeah yeah so you can make fun of them to reduce their confidence and cause <laughs> them to doubt their whole life choices perfect all right are we ready yes. aline will read yours to you when your time comes Okay, perfect. Why don't we start with Nathan? Nathan, uh, pick a topic. You read it. Okay. Oh, read it out loud. Yeah. The reasons <laughs> cats look at you like that. Okay. And wait, and I get one minute to you think get, about you, it. You think about I'll it. Give me like 15 seconds. Okay. Wait, I can't say the word like, but that's like in the... That's in the front. Okay, I mean, you anyway. can say the word like. You just have to talk about it. Okay, I'll give it my best shot. Okay, hang on. Oh, I forgot to get my, I to get my timer out. Can't have that. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. Go. Riley, Zahana, Aline, Dave, <laughs> listeners. Have you ever wondered why cats look at you like that? Well, if you're like me, you also have been wondering why cats have been looking at you like that. And it all starts back in 1995 with what was called the Catspiracy, started by Mr. Feline Fingerlings himself with his little finger knuckles in between his little toes. <laughs> flush knuckles. Flush knuckles between his little nubs started the Catspiracy. And in this Catspiracy started the plot to take over the world. And it starts with a stare. Have you, th- have you also heard of Medusa? Yes, with that stare, similar, or I should say similar to Medusa, with that stare, with their piercing slit-like eyes, as they stare into your soul, they are burning their mission, they are implanting their ideas into your head to scratch their back. But did you know that after scratching their back and scratching their ears and filling their bowl that you are feeding them, you are giving them power? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's listen up for more on the conspiracy. Wow. I mean, me. Next, Give me a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> on the show next week, The Catspiracy. Incredible. This is uh, just topics for the show for the next few weeks. Yeah, I'm just trying, just, we're just testing them out. This is my whole goal. That would have been smart. How would we, uh, how did he do? Amazing. Great. Yeah. Amazing. I like the story. Thank you. Kyle. I totally believed you knew what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you're gonna I, be a great doctor. <laughs> well, this is this is it was an interesting. T- I didn't di- it didn't occur to me that you would basically make up a fiction uh, out of what I out of what I gave you. Although I suppose it should have, you know, because how do we know what cats are thinking? Correct. Um, 
That was a good throwback too. To so I think you should finger knuckles. Yeah, I, oh, I think you should apply <laughs> this to to your work in medicine. It's just make shit up. <laughs> uh, no, I right? have make like, up a, make up a whole fairy tale about you know why your patient isn't feeling well. So this is not doctors love that. Yeah, yeah. attendings love when you yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. This is not to like. And there's already enough like mistrust in the medical community, but like <laughs> so the way that physicians it. can just like spit out random sh- out there you know what about like studies and like patients have may have no idea and may like right like there still is a trust in the healthcare community and like i could spout out whatever numbers i want and like this research shows that blah 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 20 percent of people like respond to this drug and like i don't i don't i wouldn't look it up afterwards like i would believe this person in it wouldn't even know what to look up yeah right like we (laughs) hold this like wild power in our hands and all right scary yeah it is let's try you riley my topic is, it's important to moisturize. All right. Give you a few seconds to think about that. All right. All right. Here we go. Ready? Go. Have you ever, have you guys ever woken up and just felt like crusty? Like you feel as though your, your skin is taut. Your skin is dry. Your skin is like the Sahara Desert. Well, I would like to introduce you guys to a little thing called moisturizer. It is the hottest new substance hitting the market these days. And why it's important is that you have on your skin what are called uh, little... Uh Ah! <laughs> Make fun of her. What do I do now? She's crusty. <laughs> Keep going. Oh, okay. I didn't know if I just stop and they no, they you. make fun of me. Yeah, so we have what are on our skin. Uh, they're called little moisture. Uh, Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I would fail at this game. They're called little moisture monsters, and the little moisture monsters Mm -hmm. actually need moisturizer, which is why this substance was created. And so you have to feed little moisture monsters, and that's and if they're not fed, there we go. We'll just stop there. That Uh, was good moisture. uh, I thought you were gonna go scientific on this, but moisture moisture monsters. How did you avoid? How did you avoid saying uh? Did 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 we miss Nathan saying uhs or ums there? Because I felt. I didn't hear any. I don't think I heard any. Thank you, Ms. Garls, to my English class. I'm just kidding. I'm so bad. No, and I think it's with intentionality that I did not. Yeah, like, I didn't I, make up Moisture Monsters halfway through, so I was a little panicky. Because I wanted, I was like, I'm not going to go science here. That's so lame. Mm-hmm. So then I had to figure something out. I think with fiction, that when you make things up like that, you do, there's some, fr- there's a freedom. There's no constraints with Correct. which you can, can take the story, you know, take the story. But if you're talking about actual, eh, here's some keratin, like that's, <laughs> I don't know. But you could still make up stuff for that too. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Many of the best, most convincing stories <clears throat> include a grain of truth. So like um, SpongeBob in chocolates and they'll make you live forever. <laughs> I, Wait, okay. they don't? Yeah. Have you seen the episode? Uh, chocolates. chocolates. I remember when they invented chocolate. I hated it. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Sahana, your turn. Oh, God. Wait, before you start, I have to run, but it was really good to see you guys. What? Oh, how to get out of. <laughs> okay. I have, I have a different boss now that's not. Not this podcast, so. Bye. Bye. Have fun in Des Moines. Yeah, have a nice weekend. Go ahead, Sahana. What is it? Delicious organ meats. Oh, okay. Let me get my timer ready. Think about that for a minute. 
Seems like a list one. <laughs> yeah. Ready? Sure. All right, here we go. Go. So I'm going to talk about delicious organ meats. What is an organ meat? Once when I was a kid, I read this comic and they mixed up sweet meats with an actual sweet, but I'm pretty sure that sweet meats is another word for organ meats and different organ meats that you can eat are liver, but you shouldn't eat too much liver because it has a lot of vitamin A. So if you eat too much of it, you could die. And polar bears have a lot of vitamin A in their liver. Another (laughs) organ meat that you can eat is heart. I once had chicken hearts skewered as a street meat in Peru, and they were grilling them on the side of the road, and I didn't know what they were. I thought they were little pieces of pork, but they turned out to be chicken hearts. So that's another organ meat. Pause. There was a pause. (laughs) (laughs) What what other organs do we have? Oh, cows have livers. I've had a lot of cow liver. It tastes really salty. I already talked about livers, though. So a different organ meat is lungs. I don't know if you can eat. All right. Nice. (laughs) Nice. I've had chicken testicles before. Those were hurt. They were like warm. Bad. How big they're, are they? US? How big are they? Yeah, they're no, they're like little. They're tiny. They're like little, um, uh, like Orbeez. Like they're like the size of if anybody. Orbeez. Like, yeah. Or what <laughs> or, are they called? Orbeez. Yogos. You know, like the like little the balls. You put in, little balls you put in water, and, and then, then they, they swell, grow. and they become like soft, like the foam monster thing. Kind sort of, of like that, kind but of, yeah. yeah. If any similar concept, little like I don't know, half a millimeter little spheres. They're, they're just, used exclusively by YouTubers to do what? Fill a bathtub, to fill like to a swimming pool or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Basically, know. they're these little balls, and you throw them in water, and they, okay. they 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 absorb water over time and become big balls. And <laughs> or you can just have chicken balls, um, but they're like about that size, and so okay. just kind of like a little like you fry them, and you get a little like it's, it's they're rub- they're rubber. It's like a rubbery texture. But I, this is the hmm, thing. I, yeah, I can't imagine this being. I, I chose this topic because, ew. The I don't have any problems. There's with no organ anything. meat that I would ever eat. Oh, I would try anything once. I accidentally once ordered. Um, no, oh, I've had tried. It was worse. I once <laughs> accidentally ordered from a, from a local Chinese food place what turned out to be pig anus. Oh, <laughs> um, sort of cut wow. into cut into rings, and you know, like cut into. I guess rings? I don't understand. Like that is the most it's upsetting muscle. part. Yeah, it's a muscle. Wait, it's like a, it's a hole, muscle. right? So, then, what are you actually eating? The, 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 the ring of intestine, the rectum. The so you're eating the rectum. Keeping it as the ring, though, is what I'm most upset <laughs> yeah, by. Instead of just chopping it you up into chop- like a scramble, it was yeah. like it looks like ring shape. It looked like calamari in Chinese food sauce. You know, like you know, I didn't. I, and when I got it, I was like, hmm, it's not what I thought I was. What did you think you were eating? I don't remember. Okay. I think I think once I tried it, 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 any 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 thoughts that this could be delicious fled from my mind because it tasted much like you might imagine anus would taste. So. <clears throat> Interesting. I don't know. You were I don't like, really have shrimp. like an idea of what, what anus would taste like. <laughs> like shrimp, you know, we eat, there's, there was a little, there was a little fecal quality to it, I feel like. A little oh. fecal smell quality to it. <laughs> But I feel like if you properly clean rectum, like what difference does that make from eating like, yeah, like pork shoulder or whatever. Like that's, you know. Well, all I can say is try it. (laughs) Okay. And. I'm not going to seek it out, but. If it comes up. If it happens upon me. Can we hot pot some. Can you eat lung though? I feel like it's a weird organ to be eating. I think you could. Why, you can eat any. You can eat almost anything. It just like anything. feels like yeah. kind of airy, like it would be like spongy texture. I guess yeah, you could eat it. I mean, maybe it would be like 
Kidneys? Do people eat kidneys? Kidney beans. That, I feel like kidneys would taste the a lot kidneys like... kidneys of the, the plants. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, like kidneys would taste a lot like urine. Oh, oh. that's fair. I mean, I, I, do, I, mean, I, I people do eat it. Steak and kidney <laughs> pie is a big thing. That's true, that's true. I find liver I to be kidneys. a little bit repulsive in the, oh, in the texture department. Mm. It's I all like disgusting. Liver. Oh. Think I think if it's in like a pâté, like if a liver pâté. properly like, like texturized to a point where I can no longer feel it. My problem is that like beef liver looks a lot like a human liver. Therefore, it is hard to dissociate mm. the two in that yeah, I now this, feel like I'm eating just human liver. This may be a problem. Specific to uh, specific people who study medicine, yeah. people who have gone through a cadaver-based anatomy yeah, class. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, well, maybe someday we need to have a a taste test on the show. <gasps> That'd be fun. That'd be an fun. organ meat. That would be fun. Oh my God, an organ meat. Sweet meat. Yeah, sweet meat. <laughs> only if there's pig anus. <laughs> I'm only, I will only be here. Only coming if See, there's right pig there, anus. The name sweet meats just. <laughs> Just to me says it is confusing. Just the the name, the fact that it's named sweetmeats is just. I mean, that's marketing right there. Somebody was like, "This is disgusting." In order to sell it, we need to call it sweetmeats. <laughs> but there's like candied bacon and like. I but they're not sweet. It. I think they're just like called sweetmeats. Oh, like another organ word is for organ. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. I miss that. Ew. Anyway. That's our show. Riley, Sahana, Nathan, Aline, who left. Thank you for being on the show with me today. Yes, a pleasure. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. And what kind of moon calf would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcoats, for making us part of your week? If you're new here and you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Our editors are Maddie Wallin and Nick Lind. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College Medicine Student Government in ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Etler saying don't let the bastards get you down talk to you in one week hi short coats look life in medical education life in america life in the world is often difficult and i often wish i could help all i have is this podcast but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help that you need. And so I'm going to put some links in the show notes to some resources that you can use. But the bottom line is that for what it's worth, I see you. I know you're out there. I wish I could do more. Maybe I can in ways that I don't understand yet or know about. But I see you, and I'm glad you're here, and other people are too. <laughs>